This is Realty Talk with Ellie and Galen. Welcome to episode 81 of Realty Talk with... Hannah Wilson. And Galen. Okay, well, the Hannah Wilson, that works too. So um, Hannah's filling in today for Ellie. Um, you've been on this before? Yeah. Okay. Oh, you have? How many times? Probably once. Oh, okay. But not as like a, like a fill-in host? No. Okay, so Hannah's filling in today. Um, and... I told Hannah right before we, we hit play that she was just going to take the lead. And literally before I hit play, she goes, I don't want to take the lead. So <laughs> so we're just going to, I'll introduce, but you'll let, we'll use your topic. Okay. So let's do Thank that. You. So um, Hannah, so gifts, again, if people don't know you, because this is really more me and Ellie do this. So mm-hmm. some people listening to this are probably like, who's Hannah? So people that don't know who Hannah is, just give us a quick little blurb of who you are and what you do and why are you on this podcast? Okay. Hello, Realty Talk people. <laughs> I am Hannah Wilson. Great start, Hannah. <laughs> um, I, I re, I'm a real estate agent at Cavanaugh <laughs> Realty. Um, I graduated with a marketing and entrepreneurship degree, and I'm 21 years old, and I'm on this podcast because I'm filling in for Ellie. There you go. And how long have you been in real estate? Uh, I've been in real estate for a year and a month now. Okay. So... Um, yeah, so Hannah came uh, 2018, she talked with me probably two and a half years ago, and did a little bit of shadowing for about a year, then got in her actually got her license while she was in college, and last year, first year during COVID slash college slash um, work, sold six homes, which I think is phenomenal, um, and that's usually my goal for people doing it part-time, and I'd say that you were kind of like in a weird... Mm-hmm. Uh, weird year doing it but you did it and that and i the sky's the limit i think you, i have very high hopes and i'm sure and i know you have high aspirations for what you're going to accomplish which i'm excited so with that being said hannah what is your topics topic topics today i'll let you just kind of do you want me to say the same ones that i just said that's what i thought we were doing yeah. okay yeah <laughs> so a few of the topics that i have Oh, geez, I actually... Just do, just do the one, and then we'll go into the other oh, two. Oh, okay. So, saving deals, um, if they're... That are going belly up. Yep. Okay. Saving deals, um, dealing with emotions, and explaining closing process to buyers. Okay. So, go do the first one, dead deals. Let's. Okay. I want to hear your input, and I'll chime in if I need to, but I'll Ooh. let you just roll with it. Oof. Well... I mean, I don't have much experience, so this is coming from probably if anyone was to start with just a year of experience. So all of this information is coming from a year of experience. (laughs) Dead deals. um, Explain what a dead deal is first. A a dead deal is when the deal dies and people go their separate ways. And pretty much what you expected was going to happen didn't happen. So I'm going to start off with... Well, you, I mean, my first, the first dead deal that I experienced died because the person all of a sudden didn't want to buy a house a week before closing. It happens. <laughs> it happens. If you do something like that, you don't get your earnest money deposit back because that was just like. Just, just AWOL. Yeah. Out. Yeah. yeah. See so, so, yeah. Um, dead deals. Talk about. So. So context, so dead dead deal meaning you have a house that goes under contract, yep. and under contract means a buyer and a seller agree to a, agree to terms, and and both sign a contract saying I'm going to purchase and I'm going to sell, yeah, and then 
that process to get to the closing table is roughly eight weeks. And there's a lot involved, attorneys, inspections, appraisals, title work, logistically moving in and out of the house, all that stuff. So a dead deal means I just didn't get to the closing table and didn't actually close. So we were going to close during that eight-week process. It did not turn out that we actually did close. Yep. Okay, so what is your experience with dead deals? Um, was that the only one that you've had so far? Was the one? No, I've had two. Oh, I've had three. One was my own. Okay, so <laughs> just, t- just tell me a little bit about... Um, so you had two different ways. One fell apart because the person just didn't want to buy it. And yep. one fell apart because of inspection. Yep. And then the other one fell apart because of the home was at a flood zone and the loan couldn't go through with it being in a flood zone. So, so I think a common misconception, just to go back to it, when people get into real estate, they think, which, like, you know, we were talking before, like the HDTV, like mm-hmm. house is under contract. Yay. We're so excited. They move in a week later. Yeah. I'm like, oh, we're, <laughs> we're in the house and like this this whole like oh that was easy like realtors don't do anything and then all of a sudden you realize that oh no we don't get paid unless it closes and even though you got two people to agree on it and got an offer and got it accepted you're like halfway not even halfway you're like a quarter of the way there and now you have all these other hoops to jump through to make sure it actually gets to the closing table and closes so um the amount of deals that fall apart i would say 10 percent yeah, probably around there. I'm trying to guess how many. I mean, um, you would know better than me, but I—I I bet you, like last year, I might have had. F- I might have had ten deals that fell apart last year, in some capacity. I have one falling apart today. I mean, it, it like <laughs> when you first get in the business, like a deal falling apart is like devastating. Devastating. <laughs> Now it's to the point that I'm like, it, it, it sucks. You don't want a deal to fall apart, but yeah. it's just like in the grand scheme of like stuff I deal with in a day, like a deal falling apart is just like something. And it's like returning a phone call. Like it's, unf- you don't want it to. It's like not the best thing. You don't want to call someone and say, Hey, by the way, this deal's dead. But I guess I just have experience in, you know, um, it happens for every agent. You're going to experience it, but it's just, I've had 10 years of deals falling apart, you know? Yeah. You know, so it's like, I'm just used to deals. You know, you probably have. Like I said, last year probably had 10, maybe, I don't know, 12 that fell apart in some capacity. Some of them got saved again, meaning they bought another home or whatever, or yeah. your deal fell apart and we sold it to a different buyer. Um, but there's a few, like, I mean, it just adds more work you have to do. And obviously yeah. it sucks for the seller um, or buyer because now they have to go look for another home or we have to rethink and re-put the house back on the market and try to re-market yeah. it again. Um, I, I think it's good to like let the person experiencing the dead deal know that like it's it's not normal, but like it's kind of like it's a, it's the chance that you take when you go into a deal that it could possibly fall apart if you don't have like cash and if everything is not perfect. Well, yes, yeah, so you have the home inspection and you have the appraisal and you have title. Those are pretty much the big three. Um, you could throw in something with attorney review, but I think that's a kind of a I don't like that's not that one should never kill a deal. Mm-hmm. Um, home inspections. If a deal falls apart, I usually say if a deal falls apart, 90% of the time it's from a home inspection. Um, the appraisal is probably the eight out of the other 10 and maybe 2% of its title issues. Mm-hmm. It's usually maybe seven, maybe six or seven is appraisal and then three or four is title issues. And that's usually kind of a good rule of thumb. The person just like backing out of a deal. Yeah. That's like a 1% thing. That doesn't happen often. The seller? or uh, Seller or buyer killing the deal. 
like what you said, like I had a buyer, didn't want to buy a house or week before closing like that. I've had some of those, but mm-hmm. those are very, those are rare. Those might happen once a year. So again, out of the 10 deals that I lose, mm-hmm. one might be yeah. because of that, you know, maybe, maybe, and that's not every year. Um, so what do you think, how do you approach a dead deal? Like, how did you approach those dead deals? Um, well, I'm still learning from an, ag- from an agent perspective. Yeah. Um, I'm still learning with it. I think from the first dead deal, it was my first ever dead deal. So I didn't know really like kind of what to do. But the first thing that all you got, I just, it was very hard to get in contact with this person. I just tried to like fully rem- be in communication with the person and understand like why they want to cancel this and then also getting him on track to make sure that that something like all of the legal stuff is taken care of basically because it is a signed contract and you're backing out of a contract for essentially not a good reason that was in the contract correct um but yeah, it was frustrating and it was also hard telling the listing agent what was going on being a new agent because all of us it's like I brought a qualified buyer, everything was going fine and then like all of a sudden my, my qual I had to tell like a person that's been in the business for like a long time like oh hey like it's just little 20-year-old me like my client doesn't actually want to buy it. So like that was scary cuz I didn't want them to not like me because I just wasted 2 months of their life mm-hmm. but and then also it was scary for the actual sell, sell person that's selling it like it's it's kind of sad to think that you you just owned your house 2 more months when you're trying to sell it you don't live there and the person that you thought was going to buy it in a week didn't do it so i don't know there was like a lot of like stress on me and i felt like i felt like part part of it was like maybe my fault but now i just kind of like well so okay so in real estate nothing's a done deal until it's actually signed at title like closing like done like when you close that's it's a done deal yep um prior to that there's always risk with selling your home things can happen and there's a lot of people involved i mean you have buyers and sellers you have agents you have attorneys you have lenders you have banks you have um you have uh, underwriters, you have, I mean, paralegals and attorneys and title companies. And, you know, it's, you put all these people together. I mean, there could be fully involved on both sides, 10 to 15 people. Yeah. And everybody's trying to get it to close. But if there's a, if there's even a sliver or a break in that chain, the deal could fall apart. Mm-hmm. And that deal could be a buyer just doesn't want. Okay, well, there's a, breaking the chain yeah so it's trying to keep everybody together moving forward over eight weeks with a lot of moving parts and a lot of things that could come up and there's always a risk to that so if you're buying or selling a property like i tell sellers like it's not a done deal till we close obviously there's things we try to you know a lot of the inspection or appraisal issues i try to get past that pre-listing before we even list the property let's work on some things that we know know might come up let's have a little bit of foresight knowing that this could be a problem Mm -hmm. and let's try to make sure we we handle it in the weeks leading up to to actually listing versus hey let's just put it on the market go under contract and then just kind of like it's that's almost like uh (laughs) that's like just we're just gonna kind of run through and we're gonna have good foot like you're gonna be losing your balance the whole way but we're gonna try to make it to the other side it's like well why don't we just build a really solid bridge and um the the I, so that's always one you never want to give bad news it's not fun to deliver bad news 
it's not fun to have confrontational like calls of people yep and you do it i mean it's just part of it like as you get older like i said told you i had one today probably got another one later it's like it is what it is you just you get through it you know and at the end of the day it's not you know if a deal falls apart and you got to call an agent and tell them agents should be understanding mm-hmm. we're in the business like if an agent calls me and says the deal's done i'm not gonna like look at the agent and be like oh my god you're terrible like they're telling me what their client wants them to tell me and they yeah. got to work for their client. And there's times I call the client or call an agent and say, listen, they're backing out. My, like I, I tried to save it. I can't. And yeah, and it depends. Like I have a little bit more, I have, a, I have a track record now. So if I call somebody, it's, you know, probably a little easier conversation than if you call them. Mm-hmm. But I think if agents are giving you a hard time, that's bad on them because every agent started out as a new agent. Like, True. like every, trust me, every agent starting out was not good. And, um, <laughs> And so it's always one where if a deal comes through, um, it's always the messenger kind of giving you the deal. And you try, you try to keep it together. And a lot of it depends on the other agent too. I had, there's some agents that I love working with um, locally that I just know there's a good chance we're probably going to find some common ground and get a deal done. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, a lot of it comes down to the agent themselves. Like I find that like some of the better agents that just don't, that are more creative and don't... Uh, turn a little small issue to a big issue they just want to get the deal done or mm-hmm. so much better to work with yeah and that's what i try to do i try to be an agent that if a deal comes across my desk or i'm co-broken with another agent i'm looking at it as i'm just trying everybody wants to get the closing let's get the closing let's mm-hmm. not nitpick little things like if a problem comes up or a disagreement let's try to get through it and let's be transparent and let's just work through it and i find that sometimes it, people get into these like argue like they argue over dumb stuff i'm like why are we focusing on this like you're literally like you're spending way too much time on this like that's here let's just figure this out and move on and i'm i i don't like i don't like wasting time but i don't i don't i don't like stuff that i find that i we have an easy solution to make and people just drag it out drag it out and just waste people's times Mm -hmm. i find that some people just have too much time in their hands or they watch too much uh um uh bravo what's the show that you told me about what's the selling sunset yeah like i'm sure that thing is how scripted is that show? Probably pretty scripted. I mean, the most, uh, yeah, it's when people, so- sometimes people come in like pretty cocky too. Like, oh yeah, they're, they're definitely going to do this for us or they're definitely going to take 10,000 less for this house. And it's just like, I think a lot of c- cockiness comes from the- people are like, oh yeah. I seen this on HGTV. Like we can do this. Like we can yeah. get this thing for less. That's when I hit like, that's when, that's when I look at him like, dude, like get off, get out of fantasy land. Like, <laughs> There's no cameras here. There's no, you know, we're actually doing this real, real life. This is a real script, not, not a fake one. But um, yeah, dead deals happen. It's just a matter of trying to get ahead of the curve. If you see a problem, trying to trying to yeah. stop it before it actually like rears its head. Yep. But there's some deals you can't save. Yeah. If you get a home inspection, the person, deal, deal today's a home inspection issue, person doesn't want the home. Like I'm not going to persuade someone to buy the home if yeah. they don't want the home. It is, it's, it's a dead deal. I mean, Unless they're like on the fence and they don't understand what's going on, but sometimes you're just like, I just don't want it. Too much work. Yeah, you're not going to convince that person to buy the home. No, so like if don't they, waste your energy. Yeah. If they flat out come and say it's just, and and the other thing is, if you have the seller, um, if you're the buyer, the buyer backs out. You're just like, okay, we'll just terminate it. Let's keep looking. Mm-hmm. If it's a seller, which this one is for me today, it's like a caller up and. You want to have a solution. Mm-hmm. Now, the solution, obviously, is we're not going to keep the deal together. Well, what's the solution? Okay, listen, we're back on the market. Mm-hmm. Let's call the couple agents that we knew were interested before. Let's start reaching out to the agents that 
you know, maybe we canceled their showing because we went pending and they're show- yeah. planning to show the house a couple of days later. And then some of it is, hey, you know, it's been, you know, probably three weeks now or two and a half to three weeks. Let's just let's just put it back on the market and see if we have, you know, we're going we're not far from the spring season. So yeah. let, let's just kind of let things just roll and see where it goes. And um, if you have to, this is a rule of thumb. Maybe every business, but definitely real estate. If you're calling to deliver bad news, mm-hmm. always call with a solution mm-hmm. or call with something that's proactively a next step. Don't just call someone and be like, they're backing out. And like, <laughs> what's going on? And they get mad and be like, okay, here's the thing. They're backing out. This is what we're doing. Yeah. Listing's going back on today. We're going to send you over termination. They're going to sign it. We're already con- we're already reaching out to a couple people. Like, you want to be, we're back into that proactive stage. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's like, like what happened? Okay, we're just dealt. A, we're we're dealt a hand that we had to fold. Okay, mm-hmm. it doesn't work. Okay, what's the next hand? Let's just keep playing and, um, and then just get to the finish line. So, dead deals suck. Nobody likes them, but they're part of it. They're part of it, and yeah. they get frustrating. But you just learn to. It's kind of just a bump in the road, and it's just like ah, shoot, like it's it sucks for the client, and then obviously it's more work for everybody involved because you're going back and you're starting from square one but mm-hmm. it is what it is and again you just can't lose focus of the goal the goal is still to sell the house we just have to it might be a little longer than we anticipated or maybe we have to go with a different different route but yeah it's always trying to problem solve it so yeah i think like i mean this something that happened recently with like a something i got on a contract like a few weeks ago was like they were interested in killing a deal before there was even any signed contracts and i think that comes from like people that don't um, like putting in the offer, I think is, uh, like talking to your mortgage lender when you're putting into an, putting an offer. And I think is pretty big, uh, good use of your time because mm-hmm. they can actually tell you, like, if you're worried about your monthly payment, like they, they can break it down for you and say like you're in between a, a stitch between offering $10,000 more or leaving the house and have, and because the inventory is so low, like not being mm-hmm. able to to buy another house so it's like i had somebody that wanted to stop trying to negotiate a deal because of the person's counter offer but i was like tried to just get them to talk to the mortgage lender to see how much like the monthly payment difference would be before i was like absolutely no and ended up like working because i think some people don't realize how minor like a difference in a monthly payment can be mm-hmm. so yeah like i think you had you had kind of led me into doing that which was go over all your your options before you consider something dead oh 100 i like i will claw tooth and nail to to get a deal to stay together <laughs> and a lot of it is just being creative yeah and it depends on who you're dealing with. Who's the lender? Did a lender a good lender that has an open mind? And there's some that are, and some are just closed-minded, and mm-hmm. you just like, like, ah, oh, we can't do it. I'm like, did you even look to see if you could? Like, there's, that's why there's certain lenders I use because I just know they're better. And there's certain agents if I know, like, perfect example. Scott Tatro is a local agent around here. Love working with Scott. Works at a different company. Every deal I have with Scott, if we've ever had an issue, we feel we've figured it out, mm-hmm. and it's not because like we're one up. It's like, okay. All right, yeah, what, what's the situation? What do we got to do to get it done? Okay, mm-hmm. boom, boom, boom. And there's a few agents like that locally that if I go into a deal with them, there's a, the chances that we close are even higher. Even if we have one of our clients wants to, you know, back out or something happens, sometimes it's out of our control. Sometimes it's like, listen, there's something that didn't go through. They didn't get as much money as they thought. We're going to have to kind of rethink some stuff. Um, those are the ones that you can kind of scrape together. But 
check everything, check different financing, check different yeah. banks, see if there's a certain document, see if you need someone to check or have a second set of eyes go out. Maybe, maybe someone wrote something on the inspection, but okay, well, let's go have an actual specialist in that go look. Now, maybe it's a bank thing. Well, can we have, instead of the appraiser saying something, can we get someone else out there, i.e. inspector, i.e. maybe um, an engineer or whatever, to go out and fact check what they're saying? Because yeah. I'd rather have something from an engineer saying it versus the appraiser saying, well, it looks like it's not like a structurally sound in that spot. Yeah. Well, let's have an engineer actually go prove that. Yep. And that's, there's stuff that you can do to really kind of fight your way to get to a closing. And I think um, very rarely do it, like, like granted, is there deals where they're like, hey, home inspection, I don't want the house. Yeah. yeah. At that one, you just chalk it up. I'm not going to waste more time on this because I know it's dead. I know mm -hmm. like the chances I persuade someone to buy a house, I can persuade someone to buy a cup of coffee. Like, I don't like the taste of it. Well, here, just buy, they're probably just going to buy it to shut me up. Yeah. You can't do it. You can't do it with a house. Like no. it's, so I always look at, you got to know when to just fold the hand. Yeah. And, but again, fold the hand and just know I'm going to ante up on the next, the next one. We're going to win the next hand, you know, yeah. and that's kind of the. That's the idea with a dead deal. Um, all right, Hannah, next topic. Either We'll do one more topic. Okay. I'll let you off the hook today. Well, can you pick? It's either emotions or it's... Uh, the other one was... Something about the closing well, process? Yeah. We kind of already went into that, though. What, what was the closing process topic? Because um, that might just piggyback off this. Yeah, I think it does. But what was what was the what was the phrasing you used? Oh well, I feel like I I dealt with somebody that's like not in this area, and I think their closing process in the other state was different than ours. And like the reason to why you don't have you wouldn't order an inspection before you put your offer in on something like like the reason why the order is the way the order is, and like why. It, it. So why wouldn't you have a home inspection prior to having an offer on the house? Yeah. We do that. That'd be a topic. Okay. I don't think we've talked about that. So um, the reason that we have, again, I had this last week, a guy went a home inspection and he goes, well, can I, well, we'll have a, we'll have a home inspection and then we'll put in, we'll make sure it's good and then we'll put an offer. Yeah. I said, well, don't do that <laughs> because one, the home inspection is part of the contract and it's built in, it's written in the contract. It's in our office, in ours, whatever it's, I think section 11, it's, you know, it is saying you have a home inspection. You have the right to a home inspection should you want one. And in and, and our contract also, when you list a property, the seller's, the listing contract that our board uses actually says in there that that buyers are entitled to a final walkthrough. You acknowledge, or not walkthrough, walk an inspection. You acknowledge that they can do it. It's part, that's number six in the contract. So um, the, the whole idea when you go through this is that you can... Um, you go under contract first with the terms because if you go and have a home inspection and find out like, oh, it needs a, this much work and you offer whatever you mesh around in your head as to what you want to offer and if the seller's like, no, I'm not going to buy it or sell it for that and you're like, well, I did an inspection. It's worth that. It's No, it's only worth what the seller's willing to let it go for and what you're willing to pay. If they don't agree, you don't sell it. Mm -hmm. So, um, And then you're out. However much you and then just, you're out of the inspection, yeah. <laughs> so you're better off just going in and saying, "Okay, here's the price, here's the here's the financing. I want an inspection. Here's personal property. Day I want to close. Everything you can think of. Mm -hmm. Okay, perfect. I'm a seller. I agree to those terms. Boom. Let's sign it. Boom, boom. Home inspection happens. Okay, there's a problem with the home inspection. The buyer doesn't like the house. Okay, well, let's try to negotiate through it. Is mm -hmm. there issues you want resolved? Is there? Do you want to credit at closing? Do you want to drop the price on the purchase price? Do you want to just walk away? And then you go through and you figure that out and they might say, I want 
$5,000 for something. Mm-hmm. And the seller says, no. Okay. Very simple. Seller's not doing it. You go back to the buyer. Well, it, there's a problem and they need to fix it. And I can't believe they're and like, I'm like, I agree. It's a problem. They don't want to pay for it. Yeah. They're not dropping the price. What do you want to do? You can either pay for it, or drop the price, or we can go walk and go find something else. Mm-hmm. You always have options. The problem is people like you lose sight of, of the options at times. Like if someone's saying no, that's a pretty definitive no. Mm-hmm. Now, can you, is there ways to try to like wedge them into maybe giving you some? Yeah, you can try. But yeah. even if they say, if they're very adamant, it's a <laughs> no, which I've had people say not doing a damn thing. <laughs> Then you got to figure out how bad do you want the home. Yeah. And then that's when you had mentioned before, that's when you have the conversation of, okay, well, is that, for this example, is that $5,000 worth walking away from the deal? Okay. Mm -hmm. What's now maybe, but what is the negative cost of walking out? Okay. Well, maybe it's hard to find a home right now. Yeah. So, okay. And this is the current market. It's hard to find a home. Okay. So now we go look for other homes. Now what happens if the next house you go make an offer on, you're now in a multiple offer scenario. Yeah. You can't get them down. And all of a sudden you're paying even more than you are now. Would you have preferred to buy this and save that extra money up to put in the fixes? Or is it even work that has to be done? Some stuff. Yes, I agree. If there's, if there's a legit problem, a lot of people find a problem and they think it has to be done today. When I'm like, well, this house is, you know, 80 years old like Mm -hmm. it's probably been like that for 30 years so what makes you think it has to be done the week after like before you even close on this thing so if you it's kind of like um if you buy a house a lot of stuff that has to be done in a house is usually stuff you do over time Mm -hmm. like i always analogy i use is think of your parents home or think of the home that you grew up in and if your parents lived there more than a couple years what did the house look like when they moved in to what does it look like now? Yeah. It's completely different. They've done a bunch of stuff. They've upgraded kitchens and bathrooms and they've torn a wall down and they've added a garage and they've, yeah. it's not the same house as what they bought it. So why are you any different than your parents' generation? Mm-hmm. The, but the, I get it. The price is higher. That's inflation that, and that's appreciation. That's going to happen. But apples to apples, the house you're buying now versus the house you're going to leave with is going to typically go up if you're a normal person that takes care of your house and wants to improve it. And then you make the money up on the back end. So like right now, if I had a buyer in that scenario and they wanted to back out over $5,000, I'd be like, okay, that's fine. But say this takes you another year to buy a home. Okay. What is the interest rate going to be up at that point? Mm Because the interest rate right now are as low as they've ever been. And then also the market from last year went up like 8%, uh, the, uh, the price. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, if you don't buy it now and you bought it next year is 8%, 8% is greater than 5,000. So you're already going to make up more money in just the appreciation in a year. Mm-hmm. Is it worth the arguing? So this is when you start going through those aspects of like, does it really make sense over five? You're, you're, you're so nearsighted right now. Let's look yeah. at the big picture. And some people can, some people can't. And yeah. you know, if they can't, then it's like, Hey, that's fine. You can. I disagree with you, but I'm working for you, so we'll just cancel it. Yeah. And I, and I don't do it because I want to make a sale or I don't want to waste time. Like, I don't care. We'll go work on another house. But if I know that's a really good option for them and it's the more you do real estate, the more you realize, like, guys, you really don't want to back out of this one because this is, like, it, I yeah. know it sucks and it's not what you want, but it's the grand scheme of things. Like, it's a very small price to pay yeah. to get the house. And uh, some people some people do back out and it's like, well, you know, whatever, live and yeah. learn and Sometimes yeah, it is it is hard explaining like like you're coming as like a professional saying it to somebody that's like emotional in it. And it's like mm-hmm. you're dealing with like the consumer directly. So it's kind of like hard to and you're also like 
kind of yes and no a salesperson kind of yes and no formed a relationship with this person so it's like all of a sudden you you know everything about you know most things about their finances about their family life and all all these other things and why they need to move and then all of a sudden you're you're but you're also a salesperson so it's like how do you come across as not being selly or pushy and being like honest in the most way is like hard well i always try to be i always try to be upfront and do it in the way that's best for their goals mm-hmm. so if their goal is to buy a home and i know that they're going to back out and they're concerned by five thousand dollars i'm like okay i get that but you're not it's not like you're buying this house and selling it next year like you're mm-hmm. going to hold it for five ten years whatever yep. 20 years like okay let's look at now till then What's the appreciation? So if everything works out and you made X amount at the end of five years or 10 years and you rode the wave of our lo- like locally appreciation and you got the, the low interest rate that people are refining right now to get to and you can now just get it as a purchaser, why are you going to sp- worry about 5000 now when yeah. the payoff could be 90000 Mm-hmm. So maybe it's not ninety five thousand, maybe it's 90000 but yeah. if you made 90000 would you be complaining? Yeah. In the grand scheme of that, like, so why are we complaining about five? That is so nearsighted. And unfortunately, people do that. And, but again, they just, and I don't, I'm not pushy about it, yeah. but I, I, I do make it known to them because if I really truly believe it's in their best interest, I will like yeah. make sure they understand both sides of the scenario and then let them make the decision. I don't mm-hmm. have to agree with them on the decision, but my job as the professionals to make sure they see all sides of this equation and, um, that's why I'm, I'm, I like knowing about the whole process. I like knowing about everything because any little detail I can get factors into the overall picture yeah. and then I can give them the best information. Um, and it takes time. It takes time to get to that level, but you have to look at it from what is their goal and this situation, what is the best situation for them to reach that goal? Yeah. And what's the best overall? The reason they may not do it is because maybe they're fo- focusing on something that I know is probably not the best thing to focus on, but mm-hmm. maybe in their limited knowledge and limited experience, they think that's the big yeah. deal and they do it. And again, you, you gotta, you gotta respect what they want to do. Yeah. Um, and our job obviously is to represent them, but I do think it's a disservice if you don't actively show your opinion and, and show your knowledge and tell them that these are the steps you have to take, or this is what you, you should. I say should do, but this is what I recommend doing. And these are things to factor in that are greater than just mm-hmm. wasting a few thousand. It's not wasting money. It's not money out of your pocket. It's stuff that you'll do over time anyways. Yeah. So, but all right, Hannah, half hour mark. Wow. You crushed it. That one, that one actually went far faster than the other one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Hannah, we always end with an office quote, a fun fact, or I don't even know what the other one is. Fun fact or a myth buster. I don't know. Something, something fun, something like, do you watch The Office? You do, right? I, yeah, I do. Okay. But not enough to know quotes. So if you don't, do you have a fun fact? Something that's like, oh, by the way, this is like a, this is like a. Does that have to be th- real estate? No, it can be anything. Okay. No, we talk about, and this is like non-real estate. This is like the only part we deviate. Okay. Fun fact, you can have a bunion on the outside of your foot too. So you can have one on both the inside and the outside. That is the grossest thing we've ever heard on the show. Sorry. Wow, you just... I don't know why that came to my mind. And that came to it quick. You didn't yeah. even think about that. That was like that was like in your front lobe or wherever the memory is. <laughs> um, 
Wow, that you actually just that was like throwing a knuckleball at me. I'm totally buckled. I got to figure out it. <laughs> I got to figure out something that. Um, man, I was not expecting that. A bunion on your foot. Yeah. Do you have one? No. Mm. I think we, dis- we disappointed. Like, oh, you don't have one. I think I have one on the outside of my foot because sometimes people will have a pinky toe and it aligns perfectly, like it's one flat line. But I think mine comes out a little bit. Well, everybody has like a slight curvature, but yep. a bunion's like when it like it comes. Yeah. Which I don't even, yeah, it's weird. Um, <laughs> actually, I, I, I think I told, which I don't know why she, Jean asked me yet, yesterday, I'm like, I've gotten like pedicure. She thought I've gotten one pedicure in my life. I'm like, I've gotten like five. They're great. <laughs> Pedicures are great. I actually should get one. Yeah. You do you get ped, Have you ever got a pedicure? I have gotten one, but it's, it hasn't been. Any. It's a, well, people are like, guys don't get pedicures. Yeah. I'm like, dude, it is, it, it is amazing. It feels like you're walking on pillows and yeah. feathers when you're done. Cause they just like, they basically like scrub off like naturally dead skin and they clean like your foot, but they do all the stuff to your foot. It's like a foot massage. It's yeah. absolutely amazing. Oh, so they are nice. Maybe that's my fun fact is that people should get pedicures more than they do. Men included. If yeah. you've never had a pedicure and you're a dude, go get one. It, it is absolutely amazing. I, I love them. I, would I haven't, it. it's been a couple of years since I've gotten one, but now that I'm thinking about it, I should sign, I should go get one. Okay. I have one more fun fact. Okay. There we um, go. I've heard this that flossing can make you live longer maybe but do you know why I think that this is true so you don't lose your teeth no it's because like so the stuff in your teeth like if you let it sit there and then like you end up swallowing it one day and then it just collects it kills you in your in your lungs or whatever it's the silent killer yeah like it will create like you know what an I mean? instant death yeah <laughs> not an so instant bunions death. and death from teeth hannah you are so flossing is good because the plaque buildup in your teeth will if you like swallow it or something like that and then it starts building up inside your body is this one of those like you know when you read a magazine <laughs> like a health magazine and they would have as a title like your teeth are killing you and you're like what, what are you talking about and you read that and you're like well if the plaque on your teeth, if you swallowed a dump truck load of plaque <laughs> on your teeth in your lifetime, you may die. Yeah. You're like, makes sense. That does make sense. <laughs> and but then the, it tells you like how much plaque you swallow on But it's like, it, well, no, it'd say like, oh, if you swallow the plaque on your teeth, it could kill you. And like, oh my God, what are you talking about? What do I have to do? Like, well, in order for this to happen, <laughs> you literally would have to have a dump truck load of, fl- of plaque just like dumped into your, your like, throat. your inner, like, <laughs> it'll have to like blow your spleen or something. It's like, it, those kill me when they have... So, you know, studies have shown that. And I'm like, no, no, they have not. Like studies have shown that the arsenic in apple seeds can kill you. Yes. If you're going to have like, if you're going to have like a giant, giant room full of apple seeds, maybe that would kill you. I'm sure a bunch of other stuff, a giant amount of stuff would kill you also. Yep. So I don't know. This stuff in bananas. What is it called? Not Potassium. Yeah. That like this. So too much, much could kill yeah, you. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Anything of too much will kill you probably. <laughs> I mean, there's, yeah, a lot of too much will kill you. <laughs> too much sun will kill you. Like, too much water will kill you. It's crazy. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. What a world. What a world. So Hannah, just really going going a little creepy on the on the fun facts today, yeah. but that's okay. Um, all right, we're going to end there. 81. Episode, wow, 81. It just sounds like, it sounds like we're really getting up there now. This is, this is good. I told Ellie the other day when we hit 80, I was like, 80 just sounds like a lot. Um, all right, episode 81 with Hannah and Galen. Thank <laughs> you.